0: Bibles, go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter eight. The Gospel of Mark, chapter eight, is we are continuing to focus in on the life and the ministry, the teachings, the miracles of Jesus. And while while I mention that this morning, I, I want to just say a few things about Jesus' miracles. If you have been with us for even just a few weeks, you know. That as we're going through this gospel of Mark, we're seeing a lot of miracles that Jesus is performing. Here's a little bit of information that you may not have known. And that is that there are approximately, depending on who's counting, there are approximately 40 distinct and separate miracles that Jesus performed in the gospels. About 40. Now, The total number would be much more than that if you were to count them, but you understand they're repeated from gospel to gospel. Particularly Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, many of the miracles that Jesus performed are recorded in each one of those. John would record um, some that the uh, first three gospels did not. But there are about 40 separate, distinct miracles that, that we can count that Jesus performed and that are recorded here in the Gospels. Now, that being said, many of Jesus's miracles are not recorded. Many of the things that Jesus did, the, the signs and wonders that he performed, are not recorded in the Bible. In fact, in John's Gospel, it tells us that if everything Jesus said and everything Jesus did were recorded and by, by that I mean during his his earthly lifetime if if uh, the the 3 years of ministry that the disciples were walking with him John's gospel says if everything Jesus said and did were written down then all of the books in the world could not contain them now that's pretty impressive now there were certainly fewer books in the world during John's time as he Inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes this, but nevertheless, that's essentially an infinite number of things that Jesus said and did. But everything that Jesus said and did that we're supposed to know about this side of heaven is recorded here in, in the Bible. But about 40 different miracles that Jesus performed are recorded for us. Jesus's miracles demonstrated jesus's authority they demonstrated jesus's power and in most cases they demonstrated jesus's compassion i want you to get a hold of that this morning when you see a miracle being performed recorded in scripture including the one today you will see an example or a demonstration of Jesus' authority. He had the authority of God because he is and was God. And, and, and he, he, it was a demonstration of God's power. God is, is as absolute power. He can do anything, and so he's demonstrating God's power, but he's also demonstrating his compassion. Many times in the Gospels you will see, and Jesus moved in his heart, reached out and touched or or ministered or spoke or multiplied Jesus' compassion power and authority. I mentioned earlier that the four gospels Matthew Mark Luke and John record about 40 of Jesus' miracles. Mark's gospel records 18 of Jesus' miracles, distinct miracles, and Mark chapter 8 that you have in front of you verses 22 through 26 records a miracle that is unique from all of the others. You're going you're to hear about, read about, a very unique miracle that Jesus performed on this occasion. Verse 22 reads this way. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to Jesus a blind man, and they begged him to touch him. The, uh, the man's name and details about him are not given. We don't know a lot about this, this particular blind man. We don't know what the cause of his blindness was or even how long he was blind. All that we really know, just based upon this verse that we just read, is that uh, we know the man was blind and that other people brought the man to Jesus. Now, um, speaking of these miracles, uh, before this, it, it, prior to Mark chapter eight verse twenty-two, before this, many of Jesus's miracles happened in public places. Uh, very rarely, on occasion, but but very rarely did it happen in an out-of-the-way place. But often, most of his miracles were performed where a lot of people saw it. For example, earlier in this chapter. And also, back in chapter <coughs> excuse me in chapter six there 's Jesus multiplying food and feeding thousands of people. It was a very, very public miracle. People were delivered, many people were delivered from demonic spirits, and let me tell you, if somebody 's delivered from a demonic spirit, people are going to talk about that, and words, words are going to get around. Um, a deaf man was healed. Uh, uh, we saw that not too long ago. a man who was, who was absolutely deaf and could not speak properly was in a moment was in a moment healed both in his ears and in his mouth uh, a couple chapters earlier, a woman who had been sick for twelve years that 's a very long time for any kind of sickness. A woman who had been sick for twelve years was in a moment in, in, actually in the midst of a crowd, a very public place uh, she was healed in a moment of, of a sickness that had just encompassed her life for twelve years and and then on another occasion, a little girl was raised from the dead. And and again, word gets around on some of these things. These were very public miracles. People heard about them. One person told another, told another. And word spread about Jesus' power and his authority and his compassion to heal and to deliver and to work these miracles. All of them were public. Word of Jesus' power spread and it eventually came to these people people here in this village, and they believed that Jesus could help their friend. So they bring him to Jesus. But I want you to notice that Jesus did not heal the man, not at first. Look at at the next verse. The first part of verse 23 reads this way. And Jesus took the blind man by the hand and he led him out of the village. I love God's word and I love how when we carefully go through it and we read things and study, go a little bit deeper, maybe some things that we didn't notice before, but I want you to notice a couple things just based upon the first few words of verse 23. First of all, please notice how the man who had been led to Jesus by others, was now being led by Jesus himself. Please notice that. <clears throat> In verse 22, some people lead, bring, it says, this man to Jesus. But now, Jesus himself is leading this person. Now, I, I got thinking about this, and, 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 and I thank God for the people who led me to Jesus, but I'm very grateful that now I am following Jesus and he is leading me, not someone else. You have a responsibility. All of us as followers of Jesus Christ have a wonderful, not responsible, it sounds so heavy, have a wonderful opportunity to lead other people to Jesus But at some point, Jesus himself, upon their salvation, then Jesus begins leading them. This is what happens. These men bring, lead this blind man to Jesus, and then Jesus, it says, leads the blind man. And please notice here, it says Jesus led him out of the village. Don't miss, that's that's actually a very important fact. Don't miss that. It says, Jesus led him out of the village. Now, why would Jesus do that? Why would Jesus do that? Why would he, I mean, from a, from a, just kind of a practical standpoint, if I'm going, and Jesus knows what he's going to do, if I'm about to heal somebody, or, you know, Jesus, if he were about to heal somebody, wouldn't you think that it would make sense for many other people to see it? And give glory to God? Wouldn't it make sense to make this a very public thing like so many of the others were were very public? But it says here that Jesus led him out of the village. Why would he do that? Was it to avoid attention? Did Jesus, like on many occasions, somebody is healed or delivered. whoo man, there's just like, it's just big. Wow, that's an amazing thing, kind of a big scene. Was it Jesus trying to avoid um, attention? Or, or was, it, was it to make it more personal? Or maybe Jesus led him out of the village because the village was familiar. Stay with me on this thought for just a moment. I wonder if Jesus, seeing this man brought by others, then takes him out of the village because the village was familiar. Let me, let me explain the blind man, from memory, knew his way around the village. By the, the fact that it's a village means that it was a rather small community, and <coughs> this blind man would have known uh, very well the layout in his mind. It had a very good mind, his eyes did not work well, but his mind worked very well, and he would have known the layout of the village. He would have known <coughs> <that to> get, <coughs> excuse me that to get to the market, he needed to go this many paces. Uh, this many steps, take a right, and there you are. To get to the synagogue, <clears throat> it would have been a very similar type of thing. Just go a certain way. He would have he would have uh, been very attuned in his senses to hear certain things. That he knows that when this sound comes, then I'm near this. Or when I smell this, then I'm in this area. I was in college many years ago. And one of my best friends in college. Uh, her name uh, is Kathy, was a Ka- good friend then, been friends for many, many years, and, and uh, 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 totally blind, had never seen her entire life, but her, her um, uh, uh, an awareness of where she was at any point on the campus was uncanny. It was very familiar. And, and with this man, G- uh, Jesus leads him out of the village, I believe, because he led him into an unfamiliar place. Places beyond the village would have been unfamiliar. Perhaps in removing him from the familiar, the blind man would be more dependent upon Jesus. And one of the reasons why I say this, I'm going to jump ahead for a moment here, is that (coughs) at the end of the story, when the man is healed, Jesus says, now don't go back into the village. I believe one of the reasons why Jesus let him out of the village is because Jesus wanted him in an unfamiliar place Because in an unfamiliar place, the blind man would be more dependent upon Jesus. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write this down. Jesus can lead us to unfamiliar places. Again, Jesus can and often does lead us to unfamiliar places. Jesus can lead us into places that we would rather not be. Jesus can lead us into places that we would rather not go. Jesus can lead us, and often does lead us, into places that are unexpected and stretching. Don't raise your hands. Don't visibly or verbally respond. But how many here, looking back at your life, maybe distant, maybe near? And you can remember how God led you to a place that was very unfamiliar. We're many of us creatures of habit, and we like the familiar. We like certain things just so, and certain places just so. And when suddenly we're in an unfamiliar place, there's a, maybe a little bit of insecurity. I wonder how many times the Lord allows us to get into an unfamiliar place, or he takes us into an unfamiliar place so that the only one that we can really look to and find our certainty in is him. We sang earlier, you're all I want. (coughs) I wonder if the Lord desires us to really pray that so that even more than wanting my familiarity, wanting my comfort, wanting the things that I am accustomed to to bring me to the point where he alone is my hope and he alone is my desire. Jesus, it says, led the man. There, there was a reason for it. He led him, that blind man, who is very familiar with the village, he leads him out of the village. And then when he's healed, tells him not to, go, to not go back into the village. Well, after... <clears throat> After Jesus led the man outside the village, verse 23 continues and reads this way, and when Jesus had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, please stop there for a moment in the reading of the text. Just in what I just read there, let me read it again. When Jesus had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, two things happened that are recorded right there. Two things happened. Jesus spit on his eyes and Jesus laid his hands on him. This, too, I think, is very, very significant. To the blind man, to the blind man whose sense of touch was extremely important. You understand the tactile, the feeling, the, the ability to touch, to a person without the sense of sight, other senses are going to be heightened. Uh, to this person, this, his, his sense of touch was extremely important. And Jesus' hands, the second thing that Jesus did to him, would have been very comforting, would have been very meaningful, it would have been very welcomed. Jesus, the Bible tells us, often laid his hands on people. Just go through sometime, <coughs> often in the miraculous or other times, where Jesus would, with his hands, touch people. He would touch the infirmity, he would touch people who were considered unclean, people who. Uh, who were who were um, people who had leprosy, people who had diseases, people who were not even Jewish, people who were dead. Jesus touched them. Uh, touch was extremely important. So Jesus often laid hands on people. But when Jesus, the first thing it says here, when Jesus spit on his eyes, that would have been shocking, wouldn't it? That would have been shocking. I mean, that would have been that would have, uh, cultures change, I know that, uh, things change from time to time and culture to culture, region to region, but I'm pretty sure, very confident with this, that even in that culture at that time, spitting onto someone's eyes would not have been culturally acceptable. And, and, and I, I point that out because being blind, this man, obviously, this would have been shocking and he, he literally could not see it coming. He, he's, he's walking with Jesus into an unfamiliar place outside the village. Suddenly, Jesus stops. He senses him turn towards him, face him. And suddenly, he feels and hears Jesus spitting in his eyes. Now, I don't know if he aimed for the and it hit both or he stepped back. I don't know exactly what the specifics were, but <clears throat> he hears and feels Jesus spitting on him. I mentioned earlier that this miracle is unique. This is the only time that Jesus ever spit on someone's eyes. On on another occasion with another man, another blind man, the Bible tells us that Jesus spit into some dirt, made some mud, applied it to the man's eyes, and then told him to go and wash but this is the only time in which Jesus spit directly into a person's eyes. Now, I'm not exactly sure why he did that. Um, he didn't explain himself. It seems a little odd, but this is, this is God. This is God who spoke everything, and, 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 and I don't mean this in any flippant way or humorous way, but I really mean this, I'll take Jesus' spit any time. Think of this. Jesus, who was present at creation, spits into this man's eyes. I'm glad it's recorded, though, because, and this is for your notes as well, Jesus can work in unexpected ways. I want you to write that down. Not only can Jesus lead us (coughs) into unfamiliar places, but Jesus can work in unexpected ways. Just go ahead and write that down. Laying on of hands. Laying on of hands was expected. That's what the people in the village wanted Jesus to do. Look back in verse 22. It says, they begged him to touch the man. They begged him, one translation says, to lay his hands on him. That's what the people wanted him to do. It was expected They wanted a miracle, but they wanted it in a certain way and in a specific way. They they knew Jesus had the power to heal, and so they begged him. (coughs) It says they begged him to touch him. But Jesus often worked, and still works, in unexpected ways. Most people who have uh, surrendered their lives to Christ, I believe, really want Him to do something remarkable in them. Any person who has genuinely, sincerely said, Lord, come into my heart... Change me. I give myself to you. Any person who does that genuinely wants then God to do something in them, something powerful in them, and also to do something powerful through them. But we often like him to do it in neat and in clean and in convenient ways. (laughs) Lord, I want you to do this, (laughs) and here's how I want you to do it. Again, verse 22, the people of the village, good people, good-hearted people, compassionate people, (coughs) bring their friend to Jesus and say, He's blind. You can help him. Would you lay your hands on him? This is what we want you to do, and this is how we want you to do it. We are often like that. We want Him to do something in us. But we want Him to do it in neat, clean, and convenient ways. How about about this? We say something like this. God, make me more like You. You ever pray that? I have many times. (coughs) Lord, make me more like You. (laughs) But don't ask me to give up the things that I consider important. (laughs) God, make me like You, but... I want, to keep, I want to hold on to this. Or how about this? Lord Jesus, fill me and lead me by your Holy Spirit. Oh, I want to be led by your Holy Spirit. But I'm not too sure about some of these spiritual gifts over here. I want you to do this, but I want it in certain ways. Lord... There's a world around me. There are people around me that are dying and going to hell. Use me, Lord. Use me in in telling other people about you. But don't let me be embarrassed. Please don't let me be embarrassed. Or if I tell them, don't let me experience rejection because you know I don't do rejection very well. We want to be used of God, but we want it done in a certain way. Or how about this? Lord, use me for your glory. Use me for your glory powerfully use me for your glory but please remember i have a very full schedule and i want it to be at a convenient time yeah Yeah. and that is humorous but we do it we do it we say oh god i just want to be used of you and then we have the opportunity to be used of him and we go you know i just i'm you know i'm not i'm i'm not available i'm a busy person We want him to do something, but we want it clean and neat and not messy. And sometimes Jesus wants to do something in us. He wants to do a powerful work, but it may not come and it may not happen in the way that we like. Most followers want him to work in us and through us, but when he works in unexpected ways, will we still trust him? If Jesus... Or to give you the miracle that you need. In the way that you didn't like. Would you turn around and walk away? Or would you say, "I don't understand exactly why." But I will trust you. I will trust you. Um. You know, I'm. I'm. I'm working on these. Working on this message, and then I love how God works. No, I don't always love how God works. Sometimes it really bothers me how God works, but it's amazing how God works. I'm working on this, and I'm finishing it up yesterday afternoon, just going over the details and making sure that everything's right. And, and I get a phone call. And, all of a sudden it just totally messes up my schedule and asks me some certain things to do. I don't want to do it. And then I look down and I see this word inconvenient and I said, okay, thank you, Lord. (coughs) If we're truly going to be used of him, it's going to get messy sometimes. You know why? Because we live in a pretty messy world. And it's not always so clean cut. I wish that it were, but it's not. So Lord, use me. But allow me or, or change my heart so that if you want to do it in a way that's less than desirable for me, then so be it. We have to trust him. So, all right, continuing on here. So Jesus, after Jesus, spit in the man's eyes and touched him in rapid succession. He spit and then he touched. He didn't touch and then spit. It says he spit and then touched. After he did that, something happened. Something happened. End of verse 23 reads this way. Jesus asked him, Do you see anything? The man looked up (coughs) and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Um, Just a little side note here. We can assume, therefore, that this man had at one time seen because he knew what a tree looked like. A person who's never seen doesn't know what a tree looks like and so wouldn't be able to identify it. So apparently this man had at one point been able to see, became blind, now Jesus has done something, and the man sees, but it's, 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 not, it's not complete. It's, he sees people, but they're walking about like trees. He, he could sense both light and movement. That was something. Something had happened, but it wasn't what he had hoped. It wasn't as he had hoped. Have you ever wondered, bring it down to us again for a moment, don't raise your hands, don't, don't yell it out. Yeah, that's me, stand up and give your, don't do that. But do you, have you ever wondered why Jesus often doesn't answer you or answer your prayers in the ways you expected or wanted? Do you ever wonder that? God, I prayed for this, and then you give me this. God, I, I asked for this, and you give me that. Why is that? you ever wonder why Jesus doesn't answer your prayers in the ways that you expected or wanted? I have. Boy, been a number of times. Lord, I prayed for this. (coughs) This is the answer? It's not what I expected. Again, back to the man for a moment. Something had happened. But the man, I'm sure, wanted full healing and perfect vision. That's what he wanted. That's what his friends wanted. That's why he allowed himself to be led out of the village. That's why he didn't run when Jesus spit into his eyes. He wanted full healing. Perfect vision. I can't help but wonder if the man was perhaps just a little bit disappointed, (coughs) confused when it wasn't complete. With those other miracles that I mentioned at the beginning of the message, when Jesus fed (coughs) thousands of people earlier in this chapter, they weren't half-fed. Did you notice that? When Jesus fed on, uh, back in chapter 6, again here in early cha- part of chapter uh, 8, 5,000 plus people the first time, 4,000 plus people the second time, all out of a small amount of food. When Jesus fed them, they weren't half-fed. You know, somebody didn't turn to someone else and go, you know, that was, that was boy, that fish and bread, that was really good, but I could use a little bit more, I could take seconds, but eh, I'm kind of half-filled up. Nobody said that. In fact, what it says in chapter 8, Verse 8, it says, the people ate and were satisfied. They were completely filled up with leftovers besides. That little girl that I, <coughs> that I mentioned uh, back in Mark chapter 5 who was raised from the dead, when she was raised from the dead, she wasn't half dead. You know, I'm alive, but my left arm and right leg are just still dead, and they're really rotting off my body. It didn't happen that way. She was completely alive. She wasn't half dead. She was fully alive. Uh, that little girl who was delivered from demons in the last chapter, Mark chapter 7, she wasn't free just every other day of the week. You know? It's like, oh, Wednesday's not a good day. I got the demon that day. She's completely delivered. So why is this guy only half healed? You see, I wonder these things. All these other miracles were complete. It was, it was complete, fully alive, fully fed, fully delivered. And this guy's only half healed. He's only half healed. Remember, I said it was unique. And the answer is, I don't know. I don't know. Because Jesus didn't explain himself. He didn't explain it to her. He didn't explain it later to the disciples. Well, let me explain. And he often did that. "Uh, Guys, you understand why I did what I did a little while. No, he didn't do that here. Jesus didn't say, we don't know. Neither did this man know because Jesus did not tell him but here's the thing. Jesus knew what he was doing. Let me say it again. Jesus knew what he was doing. Jesus always had a purpose. Jesus wasn't like, oh, I'm sorry, I should have touched you. He, no. Oh, I'm sorry, let me get more spit. It wasn't like I, didn't ha- I, did, I did something wrong. There wasn't something <coughs> wrong in his methodology. Jesus had a purpose. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, this is conjecture because he doesn't explain himself, but maybe he was showing this man and showing us, you can write this down, that sometimes he gives us unexplained answers. Sometimes he gives us answers that are unexplained. Sometimes he gives us unexplained answers. Answers without explanation. You see, he doesn't have to tell us. Guys, sometimes we're we're like spoiled, petulant children where we say, God, I want to know why. Well, let me tell you, He doesn't always have to explain Himself. He doesn't always have to tell us why this happened or why that didn't happen. He doesn't have to tell us. One thing that this miracle shows us I believe, is that some healings or some miracles may not happen immediately, but through a series of touches over the course of time. Because verse 25 tells us this. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. Please notice that word, again. Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. The man opened his eyes, (coughs) his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And then, as I mentioned earlier, Jesus sent him to his home saying, do not even enter the village. It says Jesus laid his hands on his eyes, again, didn't spit a second time, but he laid his hands on him again folks i have to tell you i am so glad that is there because there have been so many times where i've prayed for someone and we've seen a partial healing or i've prayed for someone and i've seen god do a great work in them but it's not done yet and you know what i pray on those occasions i often i've <coughs> i've thought of this text hundreds of times and i pray this oh lord touch them again touch him again Some of you are perhaps wondering, you're going through something right now. It might be physical, (coughs) maybe something in your mind, in your family, in your business. And and, and you've seen God do something, but it's, it's not coming, it's not complete yet. Don't stop praying. Ask Him, Lord, touch it again, heal it again, deliver him, her, me further. Folks, following Jesus, following Jesus is not (coughs) a journey that is perfectly laid out according to our expectations. I wish that it were. (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice? You give your heart to Jesus and then you have this (coughs) 18 point plan, kind of like, you know, okay, go two steps here, take a left, go three steps here. Take another left, go five steps this way, and boom, there you are, God's will. Okay, check the box. Now, two steps forward, and there you are. You've completed Wouldn't it be nice if God's plan were so perfectly laid out like that? You need to understand, if you've been following him (coughs) for not a very long period of time, Following Jesus is not a journey that is perfectly laid out according to our expectations. It's perfectly laid out, but according to His plan, not mine. You need to know that if you've been following Him for years. Some of you have been following Jesus for years, and you're wondering why is it not more clear. Now, He makes His will known very clearly in the Word. I'm thankful for that. But how that is demonstrated in our lives, how it is lived out in our journey, is going to vary from person to person. His character is unchanging, but his timing is going to vary according to the person. And following him, excuse me, if following him, if following Jesus were perfectly laid out, I'm one of those persons, I like a plan. I'm one of those persons, I need order, I require order, I love order. And for many people like us, and maybe some people who aren't even that, who aren't even that orderly, we like a perfectly laid out plan. If following him <coughs> were perfectly laid out, it wouldn't take much faith on our part. Let me say that again. If following Jesus were perfectly laid out, If it were pure math, where this equation always works every time, where this always equals that, and it's very If it were always that easy, then it wouldn't require faith on my part. But it takes a tremendous amount of faith to say, All right, Lord, I'm going to go this far, and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in an unfamiliar place, but I'm going to trust you. if following Jesus were perfectly laid out, it wouldn't take much faith on our part. Again, let me tell you these things. Sometimes Jesus leads us to unfamiliar places. Some of you are right now in a very unfamiliar place in your life. And you're wondering why he has led you out of the safety and the familiarity of your village, so to speak. Some of you are wondering why Jesus, in his love and his compassion, has led you to an unfamiliar place. (coughs) But we can trust him in those unfamiliar places. In fact, maybe we can trust him more. Looking back in my own life, when he has not necessarily geographically But in my walk with him, when he has led me to an unfamiliar place, it is in those places and at those times that I depend upon him even more, where I become desperate for him. Lord, I'm in uncertain territory here. I'm looking to you, for I can look to no one else. Sometimes he leads us to unfamiliar places, and sometimes the second thing is he works in unexpected ways. Some of you are right now. There are some things that are happening, and it's it's less than orderly. It's kind of it's kind of messy. You didn't you, his character his character is always true, his God's character never changes. But his the way in which he's doing it, it's it, you you didn't expect it this way. It's like spit in the eye. I didn't I didn't see that coming. I I don't like that. It's messy. It's that's never happened before, to my knowledge. And sometimes he works in unexpected ways. And sometimes, the third thing again, is he gives us unexplained answers. And you don't understand why it's happening. You don't understand exactly what's happening. And, and you cry out and, and, and you get an answer that, that at, at this point anyway, it's, it's less than complete. But let me tell you something, you can still trust him in that place. I want you to get a hold of those three those those three truths just from this one story that you can still trust him. You see these miracles these 40 miracles in the gospels that are recorded that Jesus performed the countless others that are that happened that are unrecorded I want you to understand that Jesus still works miracles today. Now those miracles may not be in a public place they may not be something that anyone else writes about or tells about but Jesus is still working miracles today and there's a lot of you who need a miracle there's a lot of you who l- let me let me rephrase that because there's so many things sometimes attached to that word there's so many of you that need an answer from the Lord there's so many of you that are, are facing something or you your uncertain place or and and you really need an answer from the Lord it may not be the answer that you want but you need an answer from the Lord I want to pray for you today I want to pray that God will bring this truth very clear into your heart and into your mind and speak to you so would you bow your heads with me please Lord once again I thank you for the power that you give us as your people as your followers to to um to change our hearts Lord Jesus, I thank you for taking us to unfamiliar places for in those places we depend upon you. So Lord, I may not like it, we may not like it, but we thank you for it. Lord, I thank you for ways that are messy. I don't like messes. I don't like things out of the ordinary. Lord, I thank you for that because it makes us look to you for the answer. And and Lord, then I thank you also for unexplained answers. I don't like unexplained answers. I don't like not knowing exactly why. But Lord, in those times, we depend upon you more than any other, that we can have faith in you in those times. So for, for my brothers and my sisters, Lord, who are here today, uncertain places, facing unexpected things, having unexplained answers. May they trust in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In these moments, just as the music is just really quietly playing, right now, just allow the Lord to speak to your heart. Just, just you. Not not for anyone else. Just you. Just in in this relative silence. Just allow the Lord to speak to you right now. Allow the Lord to do a direction. Allow His peace to flood your heart. Reminding you that even though you don't understand, you're still in His will. Allow that to permeate you right now, right where you are. Perhaps you need to ask Him to forgive you for demanding answers things that right now you're not supposed to know. Would you do that right now? Perhaps you've been tempted to give up. To stop following him in some area or in some way or stop following him altogether. You've been tempted to quit. You've been tempted to not trust you allow Him to flood into your heart right now, so that you continue to trust Him perhaps you're angry at God and I know that happens because of something that happened and you don't understand why because the timing was certainly not your timing right now would you Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for my lack of trust in you. Perhaps you're despairing because of the enormity of the challenges around you. Would you right now allow him to give you hope and healing. Maybe He touched you a long time ago with something or even more recently but it's not complete. Would you pray right now, Lord, touch me again. Heal me completely. Deliver me completely. Fill me completely. Touch me again. Some of you are sensing some things right now. You're feeling something like you've never felt before. You can't really identify it. What that is, is the presence of God He's meeting you right where you are because you've made an altar right where you are. We always have an altar in this church when we reconfigured this sanctuary year and a half or so ago, we always, we made sure that we have an altar, a place specifically designed where people can come and just spend some time with God. These altars are always open, but what you've experienced is an altar right where you're seated, and I believe that God has met you right there. Lord, I thank you for in no way wanting to interrupt what God is doing in your life. I also know that there are things that perhaps you have planned. Some of you need to go. Some of you are working later and you've made it possible to come here. So I wanna allow you to to go. These altars are gonna be open. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to formally close this part and you can feel free to to very, very, if you would, please, if, if there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of uh, fellowship, which is really good, we designed, we wanted that to happen, that would be towards the back of the sanctuary or in the foyer or in the connections room. Outside, it's a beautiful day out there. These altars are going to be open. If, if you just really are feeling like, "Why, Lord, wow, that really spoke to me, I need to come and spend a little bit more time, would you come? after we close, and just spend that additional time. The Lord's really doing something really good to me. I knew that he would. I knew that as he put this message on my heart and um, also because of the battle that it it was during the night, this last night, just really wrestling spiritually, I knew that God desired to do a great work here today and very confident of that. So I thank God for that. But if you want to just spend some additional time with the Lord here. Please don't rush out of this, please. Let me pray with you. Lord, I thank you again for the ways in which you speak to us through your word. I thank you for the power of this, this message from your word in our lives that these simply five verses, Lord, just doesn't, doesn't hardly seem like very much in the reading, but, but your Holy Spirit has had a powerful way of really moving it into our hearts. So, Lord, may, while we will leave this place, may we not leave your presence. And while I'm grateful for the dynamic that happens when we gather together here in your name, I'm very grateful that your spirit does not stay here in the pew. But you go before us and you go with us and you go around us. So I ask your blessing upon my brothers and my sisters. May they know you. May they be used of you. May they serve you. May they trust you. Regardless of unfamiliar places, um, unexpected methodologies, and maybe even some unanswered questions, may they still trust you. I pray this. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go in the presence of the power of the Lord Jesus Christ.